It's not over. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. An off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are the Tuesday podcast from the Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. We're here every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Catch us at focusgroupradio.com. All of our media is housed there. It does come out actually earlier than 9 a.m. I'm just picking 9 a.m. for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> it I'm, ain't I'm over. Thinking that's what, I'm thinking that's when people get into uh, get into work and and, uh, and secretly put us on quietly. And uh, thanks to our friends at Critics' Choice uh, Video. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. They've been with us since the very beginning of TFG Unbuttoned, and we appreciate their support of us. Support them by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on their logo and start shopping away. So, Mr. Nash, how are you? Happy Pride! Happy Pride! Somebody told me, me that they love June because that's when the John's Leprechaun comes out, and uh, <laughs> it's only in June. I know you don't want to. You don't want to over. You don't want to be the guest that never leaves, right? Well, you know, like house guests are like fish. Yeah, maybe a day or maybe two days. When you get to three, you know, you got to get rid of the old like time fish. To get, so time want, to get moving. Yeah, you don't want the leprechaun to stick around much past, you know, the last week of Pride. Are you heading to, to any Pride festivities or anything this year? Mm, that's a great question. Um, no, because uh, the previous two years or three years, well, we have to skip some of that whole pandemic stuff, but when uh, Bob's last company participated in a big way in New York City Pride. We marched one year and watched another. And it's fun. Um, I just can't get over, and you and I have talked about this before. I sound like an old battle axe, and I am old, and I'm not necessarily a battle axe. But I keep coming back to the Pride experiences that we had in the 90s and early 2000s, completely different than today. I mean, there was corporate presence, but that was like, wow, so-and-so's got to float, you know, right. it, it, you know what I mean? It, and there was the moment of silence, the whole thing. And it's, this is a very different thing. And when I look at all the material that is like here in New York City, for example, uh, Heritage of Pride. Um, very colorful, you know, the people they use to depict pride are young, they're, uh, gender non-binary. There's a lot of trans visibility and it's great, but it's just, you know, it's just not what I'm used to. And, um, and also, you know, my days of standing for hours in the hot sun, watching a parade go by, um, where I, I'm the kind of guy that looks for the cafe somewhere. Like, can I sit down over there? Can I sit and watch? <laughs> can I sit and watch at the, like in Europe, they all, all the cafes, the chairs face outward because you want to watch people watch, yeah, right? You want to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, we're in there. We're in the heat of it, I guess. But here we are in mid June. So it's, uh, you know, last week on the, one of our, it was either, uh, unbuttoned or the main show, uh, the focus group. You talked about how the mayor of Rehoboth actually read the proclamation that June was Pride Month, right. and I and and we were listening to it. We were Bob and I were listening to it in the car, and Bob just wanted you to know that he thought that was a really great thing that you brought it up because you did say uh, that the mayor could have made a, a a statement or a proclamation that just from this day forward every June is Gay Pride right. Month. You never say that, but but the fact that he chose to say it and he thinks it's important to say. I think that's a really cool thing and i do think that's that's the real key here right yeah and and, and and as i said he said he thought thought it was important to say every year so even mm -hmm. though we always know they're going to do the proclamation he said rather than just doing the blanket proclamation that from here on out this will be known as june pride you know be known as pride month 
he thought it was important to read. And I, you know, you, when you look at things, I mean, we certainly make strides, and and some of our some of our stories today will uh, will highlight that, particularly our first one. But the um, we make small steps forward, and we just have to keep making small steps forward because, uh, as I said, it's not over. Which is a line taken from Michelangelo Signorelli of af- mm-hmm. after marriage equality had passed, everyone thought, well, our job is done. And then we had a uh, African-American president and isn't life grand and uh, not the case. It's not over. There's still people, still people that don't want uh, a big chunk of Americans to exist and don't want them to have the same rights and share in the same, same pursuits and happiness and everything else that our constitution affords us. So it's, it's uh, we need to be vigilant. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Netflix had a comedy special, uh, a queer comedy special that we happened to just find last night, hour and 36 minutes. Tig Navarro, Sandra Bernhardt, Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, it was, uh, and, and uh, Mateo Lane, like there's all these up and coming plus established comics. And Sandra Bernhardt closed the show out. And how was she? Did man, she scream or was she okay? She was very funny. <laughs> and then she, she just screamed. She had a great story she did. And then at the end, she uh, she went full bore against the Supreme Court and the upcoming uh, abortion decision. And um, and she was basically yelling at the audience. She says, you know, get ready, folks. You can't sit back and relax. There, there's a lot of fights coming down the road. Yeah. And and I suppose that's yeah, that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, disappointing as it is, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. No, it's, uh, hey, listen, I laughed. I, well, we won't drag it on. We'll get into our stories and, and maybe on our show, I'll tell you another story <laughs> related <laughs> to that because we, we've been, we've been, uh, really theming a lot of our, our, our broadcast this, uh, this month, June, yeah. or June, more around, uh, pride and the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. So this, this first story is the ugly of it. Many of you probably heard it's made national news. The headline is white nationalist group members charged with planning a riot at Idaho Pride event. And this happened uh, over last weekend in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. There was a group of 31 members of the Patriot Front, which is a white supremacist group. And uh, thankfully, somebody, as they say in the New York subways, if you see something, say something. A member of the public had seen um, what they had described as a little army. That, that was the one that got me was that this the citizen that called it in right. called it a little army. A little army. <laughs> they had all the same outfits on and these head coverings and shields and got into the back of a U-Haul, which is illegal, by the way. You're not allowed to transport people in U-Hauls. But um they were in the back of this U-Haul and uh the police were alerted and they pulled them over and they were charged. And I guess they were going to what did they were they gonna disrupt the Pride event there? Yeah, I, I triangulated a couple of articles about this, and uh, the organizer, the head of this thing, was a guy named Thomas Ryan Rousseau, um, and he was—he uh, had been associated with, um, well, he was from the Patriot Front Dallas or something, and they had kind of broken up after, or, or came under fire after the Charlotte, uh, Charlottesville massacre, well, that whole horrible thing that happened at the beginning of Trump's presidency. And when they confiscated materials, they found the game plan that they were going to, they had this idea of disrupting pride. They were going to throw smoke bombs. They're going to get people all, you know, crazed up. And then they, then they had their exit routes planned. They had a couple of avenues picked out as their, 
their escape route. But they came with a they came with shields, riot shields. And there was something in the article that was fascinating to me where they said um, bladed. Did you read that too? Like bladed instruments? Yeah, I didn't quite understand what that was. I don't know if they were like oh, that's a knife. Yeah, <laughs> those are knives. And so you know they're all wearing khaki pants. Edge, edge kind of weapons, com- I think they called edge, edge weapon. Weapons, that's yeah. what it was. And, and they and they had the the blue shirts the whole bit. And their their intent, and they came from here's where they came from: Texas, Utah, Idaho, Colorado, South Dakota, Illinois, Arkansas, Wyoming, Washington, Oregon, and Virginia. Virginia was a surprise to me, but the others are no, they're all Colorado hot. They're all hotbeds. Listen, you get out of you get out of eastern eastern Virginia, and you you might as well be in Kentucky or uh, Arkansas, or whatever. I mean that you know Virginia's no bastion of liberalism of. Uh, of urbanism, yeah. So I they came to when disrupt. You, when you and I were in Idaho, you and I we drove hours and never saw a car. So never, I, I never. thought, and I've always had this fascination for some reason with Idaho. Maybe it was the B fifty twos, but I, I, um, I wondered if this group now Coeur d'Alene's obviously the bigger city there, but I thought it wouldn't be you could get away, but not get away because there's no one around. Right. So if you, if you did, if you did disrupt and then you tried to take off, I would think you would be caught pretty easily, but pretty quickly, yeah, yeah. And pretty quickly because it's not like they're very densely populated. <laughs> Tim, it's like, let's, let's go hide out at craters on the moon right. national park where you could be seen. <laughs> it's like basically a lava field. I mean, you and I drove from we were in Boise to that crater thing. We were the only car, and I thought, you know, you could do a murder. This is why murders happen out in these places, right? When you're watching Dateline or some of these shows. I thought, if you and I broke down here, and we had Bob with us, we broke down here, there wasn't a car for hours. No. And we had no cell service, right? So if you think to yourself, you know, if you want to get away, people, head to Idaho. (laughs) That or Montana. Well, and and, and the thing here is, I remember our time in Idaho as being just hilariously fun. Well, Boise was great, yeah. You know, we hooked up with Kip and his partner and, you know, we had a great dinner with them and, uh, we had, you had found that amazing hotel we stayed in one night and then had next morning we had this delicious cinnamon bun at a cafe yeah. and the waitress was like, where are you boys going? You know, we're driving around. Okay. Have fun. Enjoy Idaho. I mean, so this was a s- surprise to me, but obviously they came from other places, including parts of Idaho, but yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm glad they were caught. And it's, again, the importance of if you see something suspicious, say, say something, something. Because yeah. in many cases, that's what's helped uh, create or uh, helped um, um, deflect or what's the word I'm looking for? But um, thwart. Thwart. That was a thwart. I was looking for a thwart. But even in New York City that time, they remember the person was going to do the car bomb in Times Square and one of the vendors yep. had just watched him light something and mm-hmm. it was like, hmm, something's not right here. And immediately called the police and, uh, you know, they avoided catastrophe in, in Times Square. So it's important if you see something to uh, say something. This next story, I had seen this. You, had, you and I had both had seen this. And my first question to you, it's about Wendy's, the uh, hamburger franchise. When's the last time you ate at a Wendy's? Long time. Did you Sadly, used to like Wendy's? You used to go in Waterbury, didn't we? Yeah, we used to like Wendy's because we just thought it was a nice alternative to McDonald's. And it was highfalutin. <laughs> And it was highfalutin. And that actually comes through in the article, right? For some reason here, and I don't know why he felt he had to say this, but so the founder, um, Dave Thomas, when he opened the burger chain, and he said this was in, what was it, 1969, he said that he wanted to have a chain that was a little more higher end or a little more, felt a little more upscale with different finishes and furniture and carpeting and lighting than a traditional McDonald's or Burger King. And uh, the food would also 
be be different. But he wanted to name it after one of his kids. And he ended up naming it. And his kids' names were Pam, Kenny, Molly, Lori, Melinda. Yeah, Melinda. <laughs> so he ended up with Wendy's. And he said he felt bad about that. And uh, I wondered why he felt bad. It got later on in the story that they said when he died in 2002, he apologized to his daughter for naming the restaurant after her. He said it put too much pressure on her. I didn't quite understand mm. that. Did you? Well, from a privacy point of view, you know, so there, there, her, the name Wendy's was her actual nickname. I think when uh, he named the restaurant after his daughter, uh, Melinda Lou, because when she was brought home, the other kids couldn't pronounce her name properly. So they started calling her Wenda for some reason. And that, and that turned into her nickname, Wendy. She ended up working for the uh, for the corporation, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, but he felt that just the fact that there was a human being attached to the brand, that an actual real person was named, you know, was the naming uh, inspiration for the restaurant, that it just put her in the spotlight too much, and and it and it forced her to answer questions or just to be somebody she might not have thought she was. Right. Two. By the way, Wendy's two of my favorite. Um ad campaigns of all time even the one where's the beef <laughs> and, and a, a very popular saying uh you know where's the beef and they said that one year that that came out when the campaign came out the first year sales revenue went up 31 percent. do you remember the old woman who did that clara peller wasn't clara peller yeah. that's right she actually did a subaru commercial too did she really okay but then my other favorite one and i actually i'm going to post it i'll post it to uh to our focus group uh, facebook page which is focus group radio the one where they do the Soviet fashion show and the woman's in the gray smock and she comes out with the beach ball and they go beach fair. And then she comes out in the, you know, flat same like, gray smock. Every, everything's the same. same she right. comes and the only thing that changes when she comes out for the beach thing is to blow up yeah. beach ball. <laughs> when she comes out for evening, I forget what she's holding in her well, hand. She's got a flashlight. Evening. That's that's right. evening nice. He's next. <laughs> and the great part about it is it's dark as typical Soviet, right? The light electricity doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's everything we thought of the Soviet Union yeah, prior about. to the fall of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, he felt bad that he gave the daughter the uh, the name, but of course she's probably laughing all the way to the bank. They said she was in a commercial as late as 2011, and yeah. um, said that the cheeseburgers are the hottest and hottest and juiciest ever. I I used to like a frosty. Remember the big thing was people would dip their French fries in frosties. I never did. Yes, I do. It, it was never an appeal to me, but. <laughs> You know, it was kind of this thing where if you were a certain age, you could almost say to yourself, I'm going to get a burger from Wendy's and a Frosty and I'm going to get my fries from McDonald's because no one quite did yeah. fries like McDonald's, right? McDonald's still has the best fries. I have friends that will go through, they do crabs down here and they'll do, um, you know, have a crab fest or something and they'll go to McDonald's drive through and get 20 fries. Why not? Right. They're delicious. Home. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's Our last story I thought was a joke. Um, happy pride, but it's not <laughs> happy, pride happy pride indeed, but Postmates, <laughs> which is a food delivery, um, service ordering app, delivery app. They decided in honor of pride that they would come up with a bottom friendly food menu. So this is mostly for men. And then they decided as they were getting, getting on with it, that this would be for anybody who enjoyed sex in the non, it, well, the back door, right? Anal sex. The peach, the peach. the peach. So this is related to the peach. So it was, it was going to be. Um, certain foods or um, ways to eat that would help you if you decided that maybe after you had dinner that um, you would get into some frisky play. So 
they put together this menu of ideas. I was surprised by some of the foods. They, they actually advocated, uh, let me see, it says uh, low-fat proteins like fish, red meat, and tofu. And then mm-hmm. they said some fruits and vegetables or leafy greens. I don't know. Some people that, I don't know. I guess it depends on everybody's body, what, what you think you should eat. I thought this was an odd thing for them to latch onto, didn't you? Well, and, and then they even, he even went a step further because I think they, like, they, when Tim said it was, you know, low fat proteins like fish, red meat, and tofu, and then fo- foods that are high in soluble fiber, you know, fresh veggies and leafy greens. But then he said there are a lot of people out there who say, who say to stay away from red meat. But I actually recommend lean red meat because it can actually help slow things down. Parentheses. Think of it like an emodium, you know, like that uh, anti-diuretic pill. That that's the one I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Anti, anti-diarrhea pill. Anti-diarrhea. So yeah. So um, you know, and then another great option is a salad with tuna, salmon, tofu, or steak, or a protein plate consisting of one of these proteins plus a salad and some roasted veggies. I guess, yeah. So, uh, but you know, the restaurants that were participating, um, you know. I, I don't know all their menus, but, you know, you, you could certainly say that you're not going to have necessarily like, you know, spicy tacos, right? I, I, I like the bottom menu, please. I want three bottom boxes and, uh, <laughs> and, and one, one top meal. I don't know. I, I just thought it was, uh, it, it goes right up there with the, with the Burger King, the two buns, the top and bottom buns. But this one here, I just uh, shook my head at because I thought, man, oh, man. To, to go with food and this, I just thought was uh, probably a step too far. I'm not sure if I was at Postmates, I would approve this. I, I Would you have? I don't know. Well, or would you have started the idea as the creative guy? If this were an idea that we were pitching as part of like a campaign, this might have been the ringer or the joke idea. Like yeah. this has happened before. Like we, we once presented to you a joke. A whole bunch of campaigns. And one of them was a, a campaign that looked like every Subaru vehicle was in a cardboard package like a matchbox car would be. And there was the Baja at the time, the Baja, which was that half truck, half car. Yeah. And and if you read the package, it said, you know, room for all your toys, tie down hooks, you know, all. And to my amazement, that was the one that you guys zeroed in on. Like, let's do that. <laughs> well, it, was, it was the only campaign that actually tried to make it look like a truck. The... um. <laughs> Games of change. Games of change. So anyway, if you are, if you do want to order from Postmates, so you, this is only available. So if you're a hungry bottom, it's only available in New York or L.A. And some of the yeah, because those are the restaurants are participating yeah. in those two so, cities. So yeah. John, if you're, I don't know if you and Bob are looking for takeout one night, maybe you should consider Postmates. I don't know. Well, just check out the Postmates Twitter feed too, because there's a little video that they have. Oh, there is. And uh, yeah, and it's got a, it's kind of like this. They, the characters are all fruit and um, food objects. For instance, I'm looking at a picture of a peach that's kind of wearing what could be called a jock strap, I guess, for a peach. <laughs> and there's some potato thing laying down on a beach towel with some kind of leather outfit on a harness. Wow. I mean, they made this whole little set out of kiwis and oranges and all this food stuff. But and then this is all implying the eat with pride, the bottom menu. Jeez. So th- this one, this is a total. This surprised me when you sent this my way. I'm like, wow, you hadn't seen how, it. Huh? How did I miss this? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's uh, so. Those are our stories this week. We want to thanks, uh, thanks. We want to thank you for joining us. Plus, we want to thank our friends at Critics Choice Video. It's America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987, and you can find them by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on their logo. And uh, they have a great summer site-wide sale going on, as well as other specials like for Father's Day. They have specials on Ray Liotta movies or, or TV, um, as he had just passed away recently. Did you see anything on there? On the yep, yep, yep. You know, so um, I have a list of films that Tim and I have been accumulating for quite some time. And we call it Camp Focus Group. And in June, it's fun to roll these out. These are the movies we think you need to have in your collection. Some of them are gay titles or they specifically feature LGBTQ stories. And some are just titles that, you know, every gay person needs to have, period, like Mommy Dearest or The Women, <laughs> you know, to get your gay card punched. There's a movie that I'm particularly fond of that I watch at least once a year, and they have it here at Critics' Choice Video um, in Blu-ray format, Strictly Ballroom by Boz Lerman. Uh, this is a movie about uh, ballroom dancing. Uh, Scott Hastings is a young dancer who's forced to dance with a new partner named Tina Sparkle, but he would really rather dance with Tara Maurice. It's kind of like, and she's this, and as the movie starts, she's wearing glasses and looks a little frumpy, but as she transforms into a beautiful dancer at the end, then they do their own thing. And it's just a fun, you know, if you don't, if you know Boz Lerman, you know Moulin Rouge, you know uh, Australian and some of his other films, um, Strictly Ballroom is what really kicked it off for me. And I still love it. I think it's a great movie and I think it has a great message. So I would recommend that. I'd also recommend getting a catalog at Critics' Choice Video. Uh, when you get to the website, upper left corner of the menu structure, request a catalog comes uh, every, you know, five, six weeks or so. And it's nonlinear, meaning just open it up. You'll be like, oh, I think I want to watch that again. You'll see what happens. Trust me. So uh, thanks for joining us again. Thank you to Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. You get there by going to focusgroupradio.com and clicking on the Critics' Choice logo. We want you to have a very safe week and we'll see you in the next one. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.